What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the kickoff show of season three. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, the Broondog Millionaire, feeling like a million bucks now that we're back in it to win it. It's another season. It's another season NFL. It's another season playing the field. It's another season of your boy, Broondog, and your boy, Kurt. Let's go, Kurt. I'm fired up. Bruno, I think it is okay that I speak for the both of us when I say we are incredibly excited to be back. Like, I think it's fair to say. Completely fair to say. I mean, football starts Thursday night. Like, like for real. We've had we've had preseason, which, Bruno, we did not have last year. There was mm. no preseason last year. Mm. So we just kind of went head first into it. We had a nice little – we dipped our toe in this uh, this this preseason, a little toe dip. Um, and now – now, I had to. Do you? I had to. That felt great. That felt great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Back like we never left. Back like we never Love left. It. But, yeah, so, I mean, we start for real. Thursday night, Cowboys Bucks. Kurt, like, I'm not a math guy, but that's like 25 and a half hours from, well, that's a little behind the scenes. But, you know, maybe some period of hours, if we're not spoiling it for all the listeners, within a day's range. And that, Kurt, that is crazy. That's crazy. The regular season is here, Kurt. That's crazy. I know. What a, honestly, what a time to be alive. What, what a time. time. What, so, Bruno, real quick, before we kind of get into the nitty-gritty of episode one of season three, mm. um, I think let's just give the listeners a little bit of background once again on how things are going to go uh, for this for this season. So, basically, Bruno and I have come up with an agreement, a gentleman's mm-hmm. agreement, that we will most likely, uh, nine times out of ten, be recording episodes on Monday nights. Therefore, you, the listeners... We'll be getting these into your eardrums, these episodes, mm-hmm. on Tuesday mornings. So that let's get that piece of information out of the way. Tuesday mornings, episodes of Playing the Fields will be ready for your eardrums. The second part, Bruno, pick mm. six is alive and well. Oh, yeah, baby. So we will obviously um, – we haven't gotten – like you know, like ironed out a time necessarily to do that yet we will figure that out it might fluctuate week to week but there will be a pick six every single week and which i am looking to curb stomp bruno once again in it well it's hard for me to say anything kurt is for anyone who listened last year or i guess for anyone new tuning in the reigning champion of pick six i said this to kurt you know behind the scenes i'll shed a little light there was some talk about what the loser last season of pick six would have to do and unfortunately for me there's nothing I can configure with the stats or hide the math or get out of because it's just quite obvious that I was the loser last season, correct? So we will be figuring out something moving forward. Don't worry. I know that was the biggest burning question all of you had coming into the season. What, what is Bruno going to do to make up for his horrendous pick six record last season? Don't worry. Stay tuned. Big things coming there. But again, you know, it's a new season, Kurt. Just la- what? Who cares what you did yesterday? It's a what have you done for me lately leak. I'll just say That's that. A- that's a very Bill Belichick statement from you. It's mm. like a what you know, you mm. know we don't we don't care what you did in the past. You gotta you gotta produce now. Hey, earn so, not given. Earn not given. What is the what is the thing that happens in the dark? What is it? Uh, Eventually comes to the light. Yeah. <laughs> Something thanks. Like that. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Gino. Um, Bruno, we should uh, warn the not warn. That was the wrong word. That was the mm. wrong word choice. Um, we should let the people know that during week two they will have a very very special edition of Pick 6. Would you like to tell them why that is, Bruno? Well, our listeners and my dear friend Kurt, we are joining an elite, elite squad of former Gamble All-Stars slash friends slash acquaintances slash lovers slash homies at 
the Patriots-Jets game, in which we are going to do, for the very first time, other than that one time we forgot we could record ourselves live and we did it together live in a video that we posted when we could have just gone live, if you know, you know, we will be doing pick six live from the Jets game, and it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. Bruno and Kurt and the rest of the gang down at MetLife Stadium, week two, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, just a whole bunch of shenanigans will be happening. <laughs> um, you know, if it might be for the 21 and older crowd for that one. So um, it, could, it could get messy. Yeah, we'll, we'll slap a little warning label on it and uh, call it a day. Yeah, what is it? NSF NSFW, not safe not for safe work. Not safe for work, baby. <laughs> not not safe for work. <laughs> Bruno, let's just let's dive in. Let's okay, let's dive in. Let's talk about the NFL offseason. Uh, kind of some of the news that dominated yep. the um, you know from the time the Super Bowl ended in February up to training camp and all that good stuff. I think one of the first places we have to start. And it's not a you know a fantastic place to start, but it's with Deshaun Watson, and it's with the Houston Texans. Uh, the Texans right now look like a dumpster fire, and that was me putting it very PG thirteen, very polite. Uh, mm-hmm. So shout out to me um, for doing that. Um, but it's that whole situation, Bruno, is really messy. That's a really messy situation. I don't know off the top of my head how many allegations Deshaun Watson has against him. Upwards of twenty. Um, so. It's interesting because, you know, cutdowns happened last week, and Deshaun Watson is on the Texans' 53-man roster. However, Nick Casario, the GM for the Texans, was like, yeah, well, he's not playing. So it's it's just so interesting to me, like, the decision uh, to, like, I'll, the NFL will not be able to get this whole issue into, like, a jury uh, until next year. So that means for the course of this season – he is eligible to play unless something does, you know, something comes out because the NFL is investigating it. Houston police is investigating it. But for the time being, the man technically could play. So uh, the Texans have decided, nope, you're not going to play. You're going to sit. Um, and they'll probably be inactive on game days. But what what is your biggest takeaway from the whole Watson and the Texans thing, Bruno? So you, you did a great job in kind of summarizing a lot of it. I think my points to add here are just how different of a situation this is from so many of the other times we've seen NFL players like get into trouble with the law or allegations or whatever. Number one, yeah, it's upwards of 20. Like typical NFL story with like a scandal is like there's one thing that happened, maybe one or two charges. This is 20. This is It's really hard for you to just be like, oh, yeah, let's ignore this when there's that many accounts of women coming forward, of allegations being filed or whatever it is. Number two, I think you also said it best. The NFL can't even do anything until we're really getting into like the trial and the criminal charges and all that. So we're in a situation where the Texans are essentially, I think, and you know, this is what a lot of people think as well, like they're trying to see before they decide on Watson if they can even trade him. And isn't that bananas? We're in a world where this dude could get suspended from the NFL, could be allegedly, again, I'm couching because it's allegations, could be a really shitty dude who did a lot of shitty things. And here they are potentially like trying to trade him instead of release him. And I heard rumors of like the Dolphins maybe being interested, but before they wanted to trade, they were like, let's add stipulations that if he gets suspended, we can recoup some of our draft picks. We're in this really weird situation where we're like trying to figure out how this is going to go. And it doesn't really remind me of like anything else that maybe I could think of in terms of like a player getting into trouble and then the fallout in like on his team and whatever. But you're right. I mean, he's on the Texans. Clearly they're keeping him around because they're still trying to trade him. And his future is a giant question mark. So it's kind of yes. Yeah. 
I totally forgot to even mention that first part. He was trying to get traded before all this happened, and then all this happened, and it was like, whoa. Like, we got to – everyone – it came to a screeching halt pretty fast. Also, once again, shout out to me. Uh, I'm beca- I'm our own stats guy right now. Uh, he has 20, 23 lawsuits are filed against him right now, but only 22 are active. So, But, but Bruno, that is upwards of 20, so we were correct. You were absolutely correct. So – Obviously, like you mentioned, I I had seen the same thing about the Miami Dolphins still being interested, blah, blah, blah. It's just gun to your head, Bruno. Gun to your head right now. Does he play one snap this season? I think this season he does not play. I would be confident does he play another snap in the NFL ever again just because the way we've seen this league where it's kind of talent over everything, I would probably put my money on him playing again at some point in the NFL. I just think this season, again, it's like if we don't have resolution at this point, and like you said, it's just going to drag on from like the legal side of things, I don't really see how you would potentially get to a point where you would you'd be able to have him play this season. Yeah, I, I, well, I completely agree with you. I don't think he plays a snap this season. Nick Casario seems pretty uh, convinced that he will – like. Everything he said has indicated that, you know, he will not be playing um, anytime soon for the Texans. Obviously, from the Deshaun Watson point of view, that man also wants no part of taking another snap for the Texans. He wants out. Obviously, there were some issues in the past with Bill O'Brien when he was there and the former GM, I guess. Just the whole thing wasn't good. It was not a good situation. Deshaun Watson's like, screw this. I'm out. Obviously, all these uh, lawsuits, scandals, whatever you want to call it, dropped and then that again everything came to a halt so that will be a very interesting scenario to see what kind of plays out with that because that was going to kind of change the whole quarterback landscape for the uh, the offseason and obviously it didn't end up happening Bruno something else that did not end up happening but also could have changed the landscape of the quarterbacks in the NFL Aaron Rodgers. Also, how about that one-for-one one on uh, segues? I was going to say, the Segway King is back, baby. You can see it <laughs> on my face. I'm smiling from here to here. <laughs> one-for-one on Segway transitions. <laughs> Nailed it. But seriously, because, Bruno, another unique circumstance, you and I were together on draft night. When the first round of the NFL draft was going on, the bombshell that came out that Aaron Rodgers was not going to be returning to the Packers dropped. Um, obviously, fast-forward to today, September 8th, um, that's not true. Aaron Rodgers is a starting quarterback for the Packers. He kind of worked it out with their GM, and uh, he's playing the season. I'm not going to say he's happy in his situation, but he's playing this season. So uh, the night on that that night, draft night, it was like he's 100% being traded. It was almost like a done deal. He was going to the Broncos. The Broncos passed on all the quarterbacks in the first round. I was like, this is. It was a weird night. It was a weird night. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers being? back with the Packers whether he wants to be or not so I completely agree that my in my brain I had fully switched over to the fact that he wasn't going to be on the Packers like I had already decided it and like you said it wasn't a question of when it was just a question of like where it seemed like we were just deciding the teams that would fit him best or that he wanted to go to so obviously you know as you kind of alluded to and as we all saw this offseason it dragged on for a while different reports were coming out he took a vacation he was posting pics with like his his girlfriend and in a tropical location and like clearly he was like i could retire he was like i maybe i'm gonna be a jeopardy host even though i don't think really that was real there's a lot of stuff that he did this offseason and it was this big long saga and then he comes back and so I think in a way he kind of won 
this like if you want to call it like an argument or a feud or whatever it seems like he kind of won because not only did he get to exert some of his power with being like trade for what was it Randall Cobb right he was like trade for Randall Cobb he yep. gets to blast the team publicly like he has not shied away from basically blasting management and saying whatever he wants to publicly and then I'm pretty sure I didn't look up the contract details I think it was like they voided one of like from next year on and so it's technically the, it's okay, the brady yeah. no it's the brady deal it's the same right. deal he got at the end of his time with the patriots when i when i was dumb and i tweeted like oh my god he's ending his career in a patriots uniform it was like <laughs> no you big stupid fucking idiot <laughs> oh, uh god. that's not what happened it was like they're voidable contract here so it's like you play there's no way you can there's no way you can franchise tag him so he's essentially there for one year so he will right. play for the packers for one year and who knows maybe we'll be doing this all over again next year but like you said, he is blast. He has put that team on blast. Like during Green Bay Packers press conferences, like he is a member of the team, and he's like, "Yeah, this play, it sucked." He's like, "It was terrible." Um, but I think part of this, Bruno, is the fact that Aaron Rodgers saw that Tom Brady left the Patriots when he wanted to. Tom left. He handpicked his next team. His team then went uh, went out. And surrounded him with playmakers galore. And don't get me wrong, it was a Tom Brady effect. Like if you, it, people want to play with the guy, so you know Leonard Fournette, those kind of guys, Antonio Brown, they flock to Tampa Bay because that's where Tom was. I don't know if Rodgers has that same pull, but I would imagine it's close. If there's anyone else who has it, Rodgers is probably close. It felt gross admitting that, but that was just <laughs> the truth. Um, but I don't. I think I think Rodgers will. We'll give it a go this this year, and then after that, man, I don't I don't see him continuing in Green Bay. But that's just me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I see him being motivated not for necessarily the team, maybe for the fans, but honestly, mostly just for the other players on the team. I think he feels bad that this could kind of be viewed as a distraction, and he people might see him, you know, maybe not being all in. But I think what's really too important is like his relationships with the other players on the team, and I think he wants to win for them and for himself. And if we're being honest, if he wants to play elsewhere, he's gonna want to have a good year this year, so a new team can be convinced to give him a big short-term, long-term, two-year deal, whatever it is. Like, he's going to want to play well to, to show the teams next year that he wants to go to, that he's still got it. So I, I would bet money with you that this he's one last dance, him and Devontae Adams running it back in Green Bay this year, and then next year, who knows? Well, that like you mentioned, they Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams posted that picture of, like, Pippen and Jordan yep. um, on their Instagram stories at the same time, like the night before Aaron Rodgers announced he was going back to Green Bay. So that cute. I mean, it was cute. It was very, very cute. <laughs> uh, but it it did kind of give the perception, like, yeah, this is it. We're gonna we're gonna give you all we got for one year, and then don't let the door hit you on the way out, kind of deal. Yep. Um, so that was that. That was Rodgers and the Packers. Speaking of another NFC quarterback, Bruno Dak Prescott. Uh, obviously, the catastrophic leg ankle injury last year. Um, he has returned. He is the supposedly the week one starter. He should be good to go tomorrow but haven't seen a lot of Dak this offseason or preseason rather because he's dealing with not only you know the issues not issues but the recovery from the leg and he's had a right shoulder issue going on so I don't know if that was just from time off him not being able to throw but it just sounds like Bruno and I obviously I don't like to get into the injury stuff because I don't I don't who is Kurt Field to tell anyone how like how they feel but I just feel like excuses have already started for the Dallas Cowboys and it's like 
God damn, like your roster, you should win the NFC East every single season. But continuously, you don't win it. And it's just like the excuses are already flowing in. Like, oh, Dak's shoulder. He didn't get a lot of practice time. I'm like, God damn. Like, was that the reason Ezekiel Elliott sucked last year too? It was a, I, 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 we'll get into it with the Cowboys. But how do you think this season's going to go for Dak? So, Kurt, is Dak back? That's basically the question we're going to be asking ourselves for until we see with our own eyeballs what is going on at Dak. You put it great. The excuses for sure are already rolling in. We're getting reports of complications of injuries, new injuries, recovery setback. You you nailed that right on the head. So I think for me, what complicates things is is two things for Dak. Number one, objectively, he was playing out of his mind last year before the injury. So we're kind of unfairly in a way comparing like when we're saying, is he back? We're almost comparing him to that form when it's going to be pretty hard to just come out week one and get that. I mean, I say that knowing everything I've predicted, I could just be horribly wrong, right? But I feel like we're comparing him to this very high standard. And number two, there's so many questions with the offense. Like you said, Zeke was absolutely terrible last year. Is he going to be back too? That's the other question. The offensive line, we saw last year, they got all of them were injured and they're supposedly all healthy though. We just saw Zach Martin is out with COVID. So we'll see with that. But like, they're supposed to be back. So it's like, when you have major questions of when you're asking is the offensive line back is the star running back back and is the star quarterback back as it just said back 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 i just felt like chris berman i just think that's a lot of question marks and it just adds to the pressure putting on Dak shoulders with the new contract so we'll see kurt it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see the week one reactions well that's you put it a good way that that will sum up the entire dallas Cowboys season is Dak back um, so yeah, we'll have to. We'll ha- it's a it's a storyline to pay attention to as oh, the yeah. season unfolds. Bruno, uh, who is what team does Dak Prescott play for? The Cowboys. The Cowboys, and you know, there's this fun new rule this year about a uh, a 17 game schedule. Well, that team that Dak Prescott is the quarterback of will be traveling to New England mm. for the 17th game of the regular season this year. So mm. the NFL, for the first time ever, is unveiling a new 17-game season. So the 16 games that have always been will remain, and I don't understand the formula for how it works necessarily right. for the 17th game, but those Cowboys we were just talking about will be going to New England for a 17th game this year. What are your initial very quick thoughts on the 17-game schedule and the three preseason game schedule love it hate it in the middle don't care so from the preseason side of it i'm fine with it i always kind of felt like four preseason games was a lot i know you want to evaluate players i know you want to be mindful of injuries i got all that i'm totally fine with losing a preseason game that means nothing to me honestly i'm kind of a i'm, I'm a simple guy you know that i'm a simple brain my kind of reaction is more football equals good. That's kind of where I lie with this. The one thing that I'll say, and I'm not the first person to say it, I won't be the last, but on a half on behalf of all not math guys everywhere, having to learn the new records of 17 rather than just knowing the same old 16 game records, that's going to be tough. And don't expect it to me anytime soon because I'm struggling. If Jeff Fisher was a coach in the NFL <laughs> still, do you think he would like forfeit a game on purpose just so he could go eight and eight? Uh, or just tie, like he play for the tie. Oh yeah, that's a eight, <laughs> eight, eight and one. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Love um, it. Oh god, I don't know. I what I, I don't really care about the seventeen game schedule. I guess some right. of the guys were pissed, like they want two bye weeks. Um, I literally could care less about the losing the fourth preseason game. Right. 
I feel like at that point of the offseason, you know who you're taking on your team. If, yep. like, if not, whatever. I like that the practice squads are bigger still because of COVID. I like the veterans inside the practice squads. And I still love the seven-team playoff. I like that the one seed carries more weight than the you know, one and two getting by. Um, so I, I, I like most of it. I really don't care about the 17-game schedule. I know some of the guys have had issues with it. But it is what it is, Bruno. It is what it is. So... Bruno, that's just kind of hitting on some of the offseason stuff. Got that out of the way. Yep. Okay. Let's get into some let's get into some predictions. Okay. Oh, my oh, favorite oh. area that I always get with a hundred percent accuracy curve. <laughs> Bruno, you ex- you excel in a lot in life. We're gonna oh. work on it this year with you. I I you know what, Bruno? I have faith. I got oh, faith. Thank you. Hey, Kurt, yeah. I'm I'm strapping the boots on, I'm putting my construction hat on. I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm strapping it, I'm ready to roll. So when are you ten toes in? I'm ten toes in. Thank you. Was it? That was Kevin Ollie, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Ko. The ten million dollar man. <laughs> oh yeah. Quite literally. <laughs> All right. So Bruno, it's when we chatted yesterday. Fun fact: yep. Bruno and I were texting yesterday. What we wanted to talk about in episode one, yep. uh, we kind of laid out an outline. Uh, we discussed that we were going to pick division winners. Oh yeah. Bruno and I have not spoken on who we think oh, is going to no. win each division. So this is this is going to be a surprise for both of us. Um, but Bruno. Let's start with no no other than the AFC, and let's start out west, okay? Ooh. So AFC West, I feel like uh, if we don't have the same choice here, I think something went catastrophically wrong in our brains. <laughs> uh, so this is a softball on, on the first one. All right, I'll go first, okay? The Chiefs are winning the AFC West. Kurt, next question. It's the Chiefs. Again, if you really wanted to break it down, it's a two-team race, I feel like, between them and the Chargers, but no person in their right mind would pick against the Chiefs. It's They're the Chiefs. Plus, in my brain, all I, I cannot get out of my head that the Cam Newton-led Patriots beat the Chargers in L.A. last year 45 to nothing. So, therefore, people forget. People forget. I just can't get out of my head. <laughs> um, Bruno, AFC South, you start with who you think is going to take that division. Okay, so this is a wild division. This, what I'm about to say, doesn't directly get to some stuff we'll talk later, but I'm sure we'll have plenty of thoughts as the episode goes on. To me, this came down to the Titans and the Colts, and I'm just going to give it to the Titans. I'm not necessarily sold on Ryan Tannehill yet. He had a great year last year. He is kind of, he just, I think he just got COVID and maybe he's back off the list recently. So we'll see how that affects anything moving forward. But I just think looking at the other teams, it came down to there's just more question marks for me for the other teams. And the Titans, at the end of the day, they have a solid defense. They have Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill hopefully minimizes turnovers. They're taking it for me. Yeah, Bruno, I was between the Titans and the Colts as well. But then I started to really start to think about oh, the no. Titans. And I'm okay, no, keep going. I, no, I wasn't no, sure where you were going. Keep I'm going. taking the Titans. I'm taking the Titans. Okay. okay. But I started to like get into like the nitty-gritty of like how – good this team could be from an offensive perspective obviously having derrick henry makes you one of the top 10 offenses in the nfl right from the get-go helen keller could be playing center for you and derrick henry would still make you a top 10 offense that's that's a fact okay um i was going to keep talking about helen keller but i'm just gonna we're gonna we're gonna get that in the bud we're gonna stop talking about that um but derrick henry obviously aj brown Julio Jones. Right. Right. Like, dude, I mean, Mike Vrabel's got himself an offense out there. So if Ryan Tannehill can do what Ryan Tannehill has done for the past season or two, and he can, he can, you know, I would say he w- he's went from like a game manager in, in Miami to more of a legit starting quarterback in Tennessee. So if he can keep that up, 
I think the Titans could threaten, threaten for a top three seed in the AFC. So I don't know. They're a team that I really like. Um, so I am taking the Titans as well. Uh, moving on. AFC North. Bruno. I think this is the most fascinating division. Mm, I was just saying football. I think in the AFC. I think the NFC West is pretty fascinating too. But the AFC North I think has, you could argue, like every team is in, is in contention to win that division. But here's where I think we might differ. Okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I am rolling with the Cleveland Browns to win the division. So, uh, it, I, I do. I was like, I don't know. Am I really going to do this? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. The Browns, I think, are on paper, on paper, one of the best teams in the NFL, and I'm and I'm rocking with it. I know it's the Browns. I'll probably screw it up, but I'm rocking with them. Kurt, I kind of hate that you went first here because you kind of stole my thunder. We're on the exact same page. Not to one-up you, I don't know if this is one-upping you. We'll see you later. There's more to talk about Browns on our segments coming up about predictions for the season, at least for what I'm talking about. But I completely agree. It is an extremely fascinating division. All the quarterbacks are like either coming off of injuries or Big Ben's like trying to revive his late career, Lamar trying to evolve as a thrower, Baker Mayfield coming off one of his best seasons. All the QBs are very, very fascinating to look at. But like you said, the Browns, the key thing with them last year was injuries. So if they can just stay healthy this year and OBJ is coming back, they got the offensive weapons and Baker can maintain his play and their defense is supposed to be, like you said, on paper, incredible. Brown, It's not great. Kurt, you are not crazy and you are not alone. We're rocking the Browns in this one. We're rocking the Browns, baby. All right, well, Bruno. What? I don't think that we're three for three. So far. I mean, I do like it, but we're, we picked the same picks. The, well, Bruno, things. traditionally, if you picked the same as me, things went well for you last oh, year. Hey, so. I walked right into that one. God damn it. Well, interestingly, <laughs> that brings us to the AFC East, Bruno. And you're up. Well, Kurt, obviously, oh, I don't, I mean, I guess no offense, but all the offense, this is a two team race, right? It's the Bills and the Patriots. Like, it's, it's, you're going to, it's going to be hard to really, argue for either of the other teams so here's where i stand with this obviously the bills were incredible last year josh allen took a huge step i think you and i both talked about how we did not see that coming a lot of people did not see that coming they still have a lot of the same offensive firepower their defense was sneaky good you know and again like now that they've established confidence in themselves that they can do it Again, that's a huge step for them moving forward. The Patriots, again, we look wildly different. We're going to get into all the Patriots talk, so I'm not going to cover it all right now. But, like, obviously, there is a lot that's different from last year. And the biggest thing by far is Mac Jones at quarterback. It's tough with when evaluating the division because here's what I'll say. I don't want to be, like, the no-fun police. But, like, with Mac Jones, we've seen some solid preseason games. We've seen great reports of all the coaches loving him teammates loving him four years at alabama learned under saban all this great stuff there's all this great stuff we just haven't seen him play right so do i here's where i'm, I'm wrapping up right now i know i'm taking a long time no do you're dude you're fine do your thing okay cool do i think the patriots can win the division a hundred percent if i want to be fun i would pick the patriots but again if we're, we're trying to analyze right here right if we're really trying to analyze the bills at least if we're going off last season which is like what we have to go on right it just is hard for me to say with confidence right now before the season that I would pick the Patriots over the Bills. So I'm going with the Bills. But we can come back and look at it. I could look like a fool after week one. That's the beauty of predictions. Yeah, well, I you know what, Bruno? I'm gonna hop I'm gonna jump through that uh that plastic table with you and I'm taking the Bills as well. Oh I again, everything you said I think you hit out of the park. There's just 
obviously what the Patriots went out and did in free agency and the very, very good draft that Bill Belichick had. Yes, I just said the very, very good draft that Bill <laughs> Belichick had. Has put the Patriots in a spot where I think they can 100% compete for the division. But ultimately, I just think... I don't think last year was like an outlier for Josh Allen. I think the man's turned the corner. I think he's an MVP candidate. I think that um, uh, I like the team that Sean McDermott has built up there. Now, I will say this though: don't think that don't think that Bill Belichick is going to be complacent coming in second place to the Bills for back-to-back years. Like the man was on a mission this offseason. We heard all we heard before last season even ended. Ooh, the Patriots are going to be uncharacteristically aggressive in the offseason. I was like, yeah, that's bullshit. Like, there's no way. They were. They were. They went out and they did their damn thing. Um, and I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Here's here's the biggest reason. Mm, there's two reasons, I guess, that I think Buffalo is just the safer pick over the Patriots. One, obviously because while I think I do, I really think Mac Jones is going to be good. We don't know. The, he's never taken a snap in the NFL. It's like we, you can you can take this, the the um, joint practice reps that he had against the Eagles and the Giants, which apparently went great. You saw the preseason film. But, again, most of that was against twos and threes. So it's like, yes, was he capable of – I mean, he had poop receivers next to him, and he was moving against poop defenders. So I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. But I, it's just not a sure thing. Josh Allen is more of a sure thing than Mac Jones. So that's the first thing. Number two, uh, Stephon Gilmore being out. Now, he starts the season on PUP, which means he can return earliest week seven, but no later than week nine or ten, I believe. So both Buffalo games are after he will return. So that's great. But I'm saying I feel like Stephon Gilmore being out the first seven, at least the first seven weeks, the Patriots will probably drop a game or two that maybe they shouldn't have dropped if Stephon Gilmore is there. And obviously, everything matters in the standings for trying to win a division. So that's just kind of where I'm at and why I think the Buffalo is the safer choice to win the division. Kurt, we're four for four. I, you, you take a breath because you just summed it up pretty greatly. As we transition to the NFC, you know, I'm just going to do your segue job a little bit for you. Take the pressure off. You know, you've done a, you've done a great job. Let me segue this time. As we go into this NFC now, there's two divisions that, again, I only have one eye. So from my eye, look like they're slam dunk. We're going to be the same on. And then there's two that seem a little more interesting that maybe we could differ on. I guess the question is, are we going, are we going six, seven, or eight the same? I guess that's that's what my prediction. Wait, oh my god, I just made a prediction for our predictions. That is whoa, <laughs> that's what I'm seeing. But Kurt, I will let you where where we start. You pick the direction. Well, let's just start in the NFC West. Because, again, I we started in the West for the AFC, and, again, I think this could be the most exciting division in football. You have Seattle. You have the Rams. You have the 49ers. Who is going to start a quarterback going, like, midway through the season? Is it going to be Garoppolo? Is it going to be Lance? And you have the Cardinals. There is a legitimate possibility that all four of those teams could make the playoffs. Obviously, that's not including injury like injuries and whatnot, but if you look at their rosters – all four of those, you could argue all four of those teams are playoff teams. Now, who am I rolling with? I'm rolling with Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. So I am, uh, I think that Sean McVay's offense um, to get rid of Jared Goff was big. Jared Goff simply not it. Not just not it. 
and I think Matt Stafford uh, is a much more competent quarterback than Jared Goff. I'm not going to sit here and stroke his ego like so many other people have had. Like Matt Matt Stafford's won one playoff game in like ten years. I know he was like with the Lions, so like not great, but like uh. Eh, let's just pump the brakes a little bit on saying that they're Super Bowl champs because they got Matt Stafford. I don't know if I see that, but I do see them ultimately winning this division. So, Kurt, I'm really happy we picked different for the first time. We're starting out the NFC different. Thank God we did that because that was going to be an absolute tragedy if we just went eight for eight. That would have sucked. And again, people would have been like, oh, you talked about your picks beforehand. No, we didn't. We did not talk about any of these. We're doing this as we go, and it's live for us too. So, it came down to me in the end. I completely agree with your take on the division. I'll be revisiting that later when we talk about overall thoughts for the NFL. To me, it came down to two teams. The Rams, like you said, and then the Seattle Seahawks. And I know that's a little bit surprising because last year we saw them start really hot and then fade. A couple things are making me sway. I'm picking the Seahawks. A couple things are making me sway in their direction. Number one, fairly positive they got a new offensive coordinator. I think that's really important because we. I feel like the story forever has been like, give Russ some agency, let him try to get more involved. I'm sure he is doing that with this new offensive coordinator. I think they're going to like try to find the line this season between letting him cook enough and letting him cook too much because I think last year we saw that was the big storyline. Number two, Chris Carson. I think he's really good. He never stays healthy. I'm just going to roll with it. This is the year he stays healthy and he kind of like leads their running attack and balances that out so that they're able to do that. Their defense has question marks. I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't. I just think they're going to figure it out enough on offense. And then again, I could see the Rams winning. That's a great, that was my other thing. My only thing is like same logic we were saying about the Patriots. We know Stafford, you know, was good in Detroit. He didn't have a lot of pressure on him there. He also didn't have, a lot of, didn't have a lot of weapons. Now both are increased. He has a lot more weapons, but he has a lot more pressure. So I, it's both those teams, but I just am rolling with the Seahawks. Shout out Sony Michelle too, by the way, because oh uh, god, <laughs> no, that man got a bad reputation here. That man won you a Super Bowl in 2018, and everyone's like, "Hey, you know what? He would any running back would have won, dude." No, I thought Sony Michelle ran like an absolute beast in 2018, uh, and I don't care that Bill wasted quote wasted a first round pick on him, won you a Super Bowl. So. Um, I hope he does well in Los Angeles and he's going to get way more touches out there. So hopefully he stays healthy. He runs hard because at the end of last season, he looked like a different running back. So good luck to Sony Michelle. I have him on the division winning rant, uh, division oh. winners. So, um, you don't. So <laughs> Bruno, uh, let's go to, I believe what I believe one of the slam dunks. Let's start with, let's go with the NFC South bucks, Kurt. bucks. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Not much to say there. Okie dokie. <laughs> NFC North. Bruno, the other slam dunk, I believe. I I believe. Uh, I'll go first. Packers. Yeah, Packers. Okay. Yep. Yep, great. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> Literally not another Me thing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> NFC East. This is great for our time. It was, that was quick. Oh, yeah. NFC oh, yeah. East. Okay. All right. So, oh, yeah. Am I, wait, am I going first? Or you oh, first? it's you, big dog. Okay. So, Known as the NFC Beast, this is widely known, known for every single year, it coming down to the very last week, and every single team being within a game of each other. And now with 17 games, it's going to look even more hilarious because now there's going to be no eight and eights. So this is, I think the 17 game season is going to be the most entertaining for this division specifically. Also because I feel like they're, don't look this up or do if I'm right, I feel like they're the most prone to tie. So just throw that little wrinkle in there. Maybe they're the most likely to tie. I don't no know doubt. why. So no doubt. Like there, there will be at least one tie in the NFC East. Bold prediction. Love that. So, honestly, you I, you can make an argument for any of these teams, though there's a couple that it's not as strong. I'm just saying you can, mostly based on the fact that every year 
like the stronger teams that people predict always lose to the weaker teams that people don't think will. So that's going to happen. However, what I'll give you behind the scenes. To me, it came down to the Washington football team and the Cowboys. Those are the two that I centered on as like those are the two that I think are going to win. I think the Washington football team, you have Fitzmagic there. That's what everybody loves. They have some actually pretty good receivers. Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, draft him in fantasy. That's a little fantasy shout-out. He's going to be really good this year, I feel like. And I also just feel like Ron Rivera's second year there, they're going to be a lot better overall. And Fitzmagic, you can never just discount Fitzmagic. The thing with the Cowboys is that it's so hard to tell. We touched on it earlier. I don't need to repeat everything, but like if they play anywhere close to their peak level of last year before Dak got hurt, they're a wagon. Would they be able to have kept that up last year for the whole season? We'll never know, right? So that's the other benefit that they get for last year. I think what it came down for me, this is what it came down to. I'm rocking with the Cowboys, Kurt, because Fitzmagic traditionally starts hot, fades at the end. I think the Cowboys might start slow. I think we're going to see what we talked about earlier, where Dak might struggle right out of the gate. It's going to look a little disjointed. I wouldn't be surprised if right away it doesn't look great. I think they're going to round into form near the end of the season. And because they're going to keep it close early, I think they're going to be playing their best football at the end of the season, and they're going to take it. Bruno, well, awesome analysis again. Here's what I agree with. The Cowboys are going to start slow, and they're not really ever going to get it going. So feisty. I'm taking Washington. Right. I again it did it did come down to Washington and Dallas for me. I don't really believe I like Jalen Hurts. I don't believe in the Eagles very much. No, they stink. And I um, I don't Sam Tarshall. Sam Tarshall. Take it out. Uh, and I just man, the Giants e e like you're I think Saquon Barkley is still going to be a beast, but like coming off a torn ACL, obviously that can change. Like from his burst, it's everything could change. Uh, I am not a Daniel Jones believer. I do not believe in him as far as I could throw him, and I'm not very strong, so it wouldn't be very far. So <laughs> I I just think Washington and Dallas are like heads and shoulders better than both of those teams, but I think Washington's a head and shoulder above Dallas. It's like. I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick could not be more of a perfect fit for that team. They have playmakers on that offense. Um, they just need someone to, you know, not turn the ball over, someone that will let the, like, the defense rest because that defense could be legit. So that was ultimately the reasoning for me. I, I just think Washington's defense is going to be the difference. So I'm rocking with Washington. And so what was that, six out of eight were the same, Bruno? Yeah, but then when you think about it like this, not a math guy, three were slam dunks, right? So then it would be like, what, were we three and two in the other one? So, yeah, we were three and two, yeah. Yeah, so that's not that crazy. Three and two in the non-slam dunks, that's fine. All right. Hey, what's that percentage? That's 60%. Oh, Kurt, stop that. 60%. Stop that. <laughs> three out of five. <laughs> Thank you, third grade math. All right, Bruno, you, you dabbled in it when you said that, uh, I don't remember what you said, but you mentioned I had a bold prediction. What, what was my bold prediction? Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, you're asking me to remember stuff this early, bro. <laughs> well, it's not early in the day; oh, it's early in the season. Oh, God. How dare you first ask me to do oh, that and wait. then ask me to remember stuff? Well, I was about to go into the bull predictions, but I I effed up. Hand up, hand up. You can't see me. My hands up. Bruno is on my hand up. His hand is up. All right, Super Bowl picks. Where I you just first? you first. Okay, so one side of this to me was easy one side of this was hard and i don't know if you're going to agree or disagree the easy part for me the nfc i think it's going to be the bucks i just don't see how after last year when they faced the most adversity possible people doubting them tom brady coming in new system whatever i mean i guess it wasn't like you know there wasn't all bad like he had a great offensive cast whatever but he was fighting with bruce arians all this sort of stuff you get all that out of the way you get the confidence that comes with winning the super bowl you return basically the entire team 
it's really hard for me to just sit here and be like, I don't think they're going to carry that momentum in to this season. Plus, a lot of the top teams from last year, there's now question marks over because it's like, are you know, what's the deal with the Saints now that Drew Brees is gone and all this sort of stuff. So there's a lot of question marks. It's just easiest for me to see the Bucks doing it. The AFC was tough, Kurt. I'm not going to lie. The AFC was tough. I think right off the bat, I'm just going to throw this out there, Kurt. Don't get your feelings hurt. I didn't pick the Patriots. I, again, maybe it could happen. I could see it happening. We need to see more from Mac Jones before we say anything crazy, right? Bruno, as much as I, I love will go on here, the record right now, September 8th, 7.42 p.m. Uh, I don't even think the Patriots are a contender for a Super Bowl this year. I, I, think, wow. they, I think they're going to make the playoffs. But I don't think – I think they're realistically just a year or two away. I don't think – again, could be – I would love to be nothing but wrong. But I just don't right. see them as like a legitimate contender to win the Super Bowl. That's all. Right. So I'm not mad at you. Okay, cool. I was a little nervous about saying that. I'm glad we're on the same page. So there's that. So then there's like a couple options, and we touched on division preview. The, the, the I'll tell you the teams I was evaluating. We got the Bills in our division. We got the Browns in the AFC North. We got, you mentioned the, the Titans could end up being a wagon, and then we obviously got the Chiefs. That was kind of like the four I was mainly looking at. Of course, there's other options. I uh, don't really care about the Ravens, whatever. They're fake for frauds. Who cares? But anyways, there's some other options. Out of those four, Kurt, I kind of went back and forth. I'm not going to lie to you because I you could probably make a case for all of them. Where I ended up, and this is arguably a bold prediction too, but it's a Super Bowl prediction. Kurt, I'm rocking with the Browns. And again, I know you kind of stole my thunder from earlier a little bit, but when it comes down to it, I know it feels crazy to say Browns Super Bowl, right? But when you think about it, if you take the Browns and you match them up with the Bills, could you see them beating the Bills if they take the step forward this year and their defense is solid? Sure, I could see them beating the Bills, right? Baker played really great last year, overshadowed by Josh Allen, but he still played great, and now they're getting OBJ back, and they're, they have those two running backs that are really good, uh, Chubb and Hunt, and then you know the defense is supposed to be really good. If they stay healthy, I could see them beating the Bills. Same kind of deal with the Titans. Like, the Titans had some really bad games last year. On paper, they're electric. Maybe with Julio comes in and tears it up, but I still think there's question marks. I guess the biggest thing you could argue is, like, the Chiefs. That's they're the looming. Like, they just lost in the Super Bowl last year. You could go with the storyline. They're out for revenge. They're whatever. I don't know. Part of me kind of feels like Kansas City has lost a little bit of its luster. They were still very good last year, and they still made it to the Super Bowl. But maybe it's because they're, they've are they been good for so long. Maybe it's because the Browns are being talked about a lot. I'm just – Kurt, I'm rocking with the Browns, and I don't know what to tell you. I think they're going to go far. Bruno, I respect it. And I'm just going to be very upfront. We do have one of the same uh, Super Bowl-like teams. Obviously, uh it's the Browns. No I, shot. Yes, no shot. I'm Kurt. holding my paper up, Bruno. No you shot. See Super Bowl. Oh my God, I do see it. So, that is wild. All right, so I I held my paper up. I did pick the Browns, and Bruno wow. Bruno has seen the spoiler. I did not pick the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, maybe because I'm rooting against it, but that's for a different story. Um, okay, but uh, I'm rolling with the Packers. Let's do this last dance one more time, and let's. Uh, my Super Bowl prediction is obviously Browns Packers, and I think the Packers win going away. I think this is Aaron Rodgers' swan song in uh, Green Bay, and I think it ends poetically. Um, also, I don't think I'd hate to see it. Like, I don't like Aaron Rodgers one iota, but like, mm. I, I don't know, man. Some about Green Bay getting back on top just kind of feels right about football so i i think it's browns packers bruno you touched on everything from the browns perspective i think that the bucks are obviously obviously the best team on paper they returned all 22 starters that's freaking unheard of um but i think i think the packers get them this year i think they get them in the nfc championship game and um 
Rodgers goes to the Super Bowl and he wins it. So that's 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 Super Bowl. Now we can get into bold predictions, Bruno, and we'll alternate. I want you to start first. Okay. So I again, it's tough. I didn't really. So when I say I didn't do research, I didn't do research in the sense that like I didn't look up how many people were sharing the predictions. Like I don't know how bold these are going to be. I'm leading with what I think is my most bold, and then we'll go from there. I'll, I'll see. And okay. You kind of touched on a couple of them already. My most bold, and Kurt, maybe it's not bold. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe it's just a fact. I think Jameis this year could be a top five QB. Hey. Sue me. I, I honestly think he sat all of last season. Again, I know it was kind of overblown a little bit because it's not like he had tons of job offers and like he was like, oh, I'm going to choose the Saints. Like it was like not a crowded job market for him, but he did. He sat all last season, learned under one of arguably the greatest all time in Drew Brees. Now he comes in. He has another quarterback there to like both at the same time take pressure off, but then keep him wanting to play well because he wants to keep the starting job in Davison Hill. He has a lot of great weapons. People forget Michael Thomas still exists. People forget the Saints offense is electric and you have Alvin Kamara. I honestly think like, again, he was electric offensively with the Bucks. He just turned the ball over too many times. So if you just cut out those turnovers, you know, he had 30 picks and 30 touchdowns last time he played the Bucks. You take away some of those picks and all of a sudden he's throwing close to 40 touchdowns. I mean, you know, it doesn't always work like that. But I honestly think you put him in that offense and you let Sean Payton cook, he could be a top five QB. So that's where I'm going. Hey, I, I like it. I think Jameis is going to be just fine for them this year. Also, shout out. Uh, this is I saw this tweet. I got to find the file in my head. Uh, I think it was like they're eight and one in games that Drew Brees hasn't started in like the last three years. So like the Saints know how to win without Drew Brees. So that, that I too. so I don't know. I think they'll be just fine. Um, my first bold prediction: the Kansas City Chiefs don't even make the AFC Championship game. Oh, fire me the fuck up! So I exactly what you said. I think they've lost some of their luster, and I don't know why this matters to me so much. But like. Sammy Watkins leaving shouldn't feel like a big deal. But, I, would, I mean, I think Sammy Watkins kind of came up clutch for them sometimes on, like, third down in the past couple of years. Obviously, I know you have Tyreek Hill. I know you have Travis Kelsey. I know you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, I get it. I know. I've watched it with my own eyeballs. I know you got McCall mm-hmm. Hardman, whatever the hell his name is. Yep. Um, they're good. I just think people paint them as, like, this, this, like, Godzilla. Like, dude, I don't know. I just think it's not their year. Um, also, I don't want to see Kermit the Frog go to another AFC Championship game. So um, that's my first bowl prediction, which doesn't – I mean, like, I think it's kind of bull because they've been there so often the last couple of years, but that's what I'm rocking with. Yeah, Bo- and really quick, before you go to your second one, Travis Kelsey shaved his beard. Yeah, I mean, bro, oh, he, scre- he screwed them. So. Bruno, let's uh, let's rifle through these next ones couple uh, pretty quick. I didn't really yep. – we've been chit-chatting. We've been chit-chatting. We're talking. We're talking. Hey, we like to talk. Uh <laughs> So my second one, Bruno, has to do with the Bucks, but a specific player on the Bucks. I think that Antonio Brown is going to lead the Buccaneers in receiving yards, which kind of sounds kind of crazy because they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think Antonio Brown returns to like Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown this year, and I think he goes off. So that's my second bowl prediction. That's bold, Kurt. I love that. And it's not bold in a bad way. That that would be absolutely electric to just have Tom Brady put his nuts on the table and be, be like, Antonio Brown's my guy. He's going to lead the team. He's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be cool. I guess I'm going back to back. And again, these were my – I don't know how bold these are, so you can tell me. So number one, I'm 
not very sure where people stand on the Jaguars. Obviously, they got Trevor Lawrence, right? I think he's going to be great. I think he's looked good in the preseason. They have James Robinson. They have a couple receiver. Uh, Chark, I think, is the receiver who's really good there. Chark. They have some good pieces. They traded Minshew away, so clearly they believe in Lawrence. They have pieces. I don't know what people think, Kurt, but I just feel like my bold prediction for the Jaguars, they're going to be, like, horrifically bad. Like, I don't <laughs> think they're going to – I think they're going to miss the playoffs and just be the maybe, like, the worst. They could be, like – my bold prediction is they could be maybe one of the worst records in that NFL. Like, I just don't see it coming together for them. Like, down and, like, there with the Texans and the Lions? Like, down right, there? Yeah. Right. Like, competing for that last spot, even in their own division with some of that stuff. I just think Urban Meyer is hyped up a little too much. Yeah, you're good in college, but we've already seen him, like – trying to do the corny motivation for the players and practice and the players like bro this is nfl who cares so again i don't know how crazy of a prediction that is i it's just that they're going to be horrifically bad in this playoffs that's number one and then number two you said this earlier and i kind of hate that you brought this up because again it looks like i'm copying you but i really had this written down in my notes nfc west i don't know if i'm going as bold to say they're all making the playoffs that kind of sucks that i'm not going that bold because i'm admitting this isn't as bold but what i had written down if i'm staying true to what i had written down the worst record is 500 or better. I just think all of those teams are going to be bananas this year. And typically you don't see that. Typically you could see like a top heavy division with two really good teams, one in the middle and then one kind of lacking behind. And maybe last year that was the Cardinals who were lacking behind. I just think this year it's going to be a battle. Every division game is going to be an absolute battle. And the worst I see those teams going is 500. Well, and that's interesting too, because like they're going to beat each other up too. They're going to play each other twice a year. They're going to beat each other up. So that division right. is going to be fascinating great bold yep. pick uh my last one has to do with the patriots i had to oh, throw no. patriots one in there oh my god it's a good segue to Kurt. Yeah. you're on top of thank the game. you i was <laughs> thank you so um again it deals with a specific player okay mac jones wins offensive rookie of the year let's go baby. let's go i'd i if you can't tell that i'm on the mac jones hype train now you can so uh, Bruno, like you said, that is the perfect segue to get into Patriots talk. Um, and there's quite literally no better place to start than Mac Jones. So Mac Jones, obviously, unless you live under a rock, you know that Cam Newton has been cut. He's not the backup. He was cut, C-U-T, hashtag speller. Um, and uh, he's been handed the keys to the car, dude. Bru Bill Belichick handed the keys to the entire organization to a 23-year-old. And it seems like, you know, again, this is all from Twitter or from preseason football games or whatever, but it just seems like everyone down there is so impressed with what Mac Jones has been able to do. Like, he makes a mistake on one play, and he bounces back. Uh, he he can check plays at the line of scrimmage. He goes no huddle offense, five-wide, two-minute drill. He got way more reps than Cam Newton in preseason. Uh, just like I, it just seems like everything was pointing in this direction of Mac Jones starting, yet everyone was kind of like, "Ah, oh, no, Cam starting. Cam started all three preseason games. Like, you know, there's no chance that there's no chance Mac starts." Well, surprise, Mac Mac is starting. Yeah, Kurt, I you kind of hit the nail on the head with a lot of that analysis there. I guess I don't have too much to add other than. I was I can share what maybe is what most people's reactions were were that it was surprising to see the news Cam Newton cut and like I think at first I was shocked because again like we knew he was playing well there was reports coming out that he was teaching Cam the playbook we knew all this stuff about Mac and all this plus stuff of him playing playing really really well my initial reaction was like are you kidding like he, we're not even keeping him like he's just cut I think I texted you immediately we went back and forth it kind of came out that it was like 
potentially it remains to be seen right now we don't know but maybe we're cutting him to give him a chance to go somewhere else and find a job who knows what the real story is but kurt that was shocking but like you said i i follow you on twitter kurt i know that's not a surprise i follow you on twitter i read everything that you tweet and retweet it's mostly retweets but i feel i feel i read everything you retweet and honestly from everything i'm seeing i guess i'm not necessarily surprised before i say this because like there probably was going to be a lot of positive PR for Mac to just try to boost him up, like to justify the decision. So there's some of that, but then there's just a lot of it that like he, it seems like the real deal, super smart, learning the playbook already, impressing the coaches with work ethic, maybe most importantly, like the players all love him. So Kurt, as long as there's room on the Mac express for you, I'm, I would like to join. You can ride shotgun with me. Because we're shotgun. No, no, backseat back right. Oh, you know, backseat back right. I forgot. That's that's <laughs> okay. Bruno's seat in any transportation. Backseat back right. A little callback. Little callback. Call um, <laughs> but I, I think again, it's spot on. I, again, this is purely speculation on my part. I wonder if Bill Belichick, like, there's no doubt Bill Belichick respects the shit out of Cam Newton. Like that was very evident from his time here. Like. Let's call a spade a spade. Cam Newton was not a good NFL quarterback last year, especially throwing the ball. I know he rushed for 12 touchdowns. I know he ran for 600 yards. That's great. In today's modern NFL, you need to be able to throw the ball a little bit, and Cam Newton did struggle to throw the ball in any capacity. Until the last game of the season against the New York Jets, who were dead, like they were dead, (laughs) uh, Dead. he had thrown six touchdowns and 12 picks. It's just like I'm not being super crazy. I think – I think you or I could have gone out there and done something comparable. <laughs> something comparable. <laughs> Just from a throwing perspective, not like the overall body of work because I ain't running. On it. I, I couldn't run in high school. I'm not running against NFL <laughs> players. Um, I'm not a run guy. <laughs> but here's my – so, again, we are on the yep. Mac Jones hype train. I think I'm very excited to see what he is and what he's going to do for this team in the future. There are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. There are going to be games yep. where the man throws three interceptions. There are games. There might be games where he throws for 120 yards. But I think I'm just so impressed with everything that has come out of Foxborough saying about, like, we knew he was smart. We didn't realize he was this smart. Or we knew he was accurate. Yep. We didn't know he was this accurate. Like, there's no way. There's no way Bill Belichick makes this decision to cut Cam Newton, who, again, Belichick seemed like he loved from a, a leadership standpoint, a team standpoint, um, he was a captain last year. Cam Newton was a captain. There's no way Belichick cuts him unless he has a really good feeling about Mac Jones, and clearly he does. Bruno, I want to quickly just say one more thing before we go to the next topic. I'm glad Cam Newton was the quarterback of the Patriots last season. I And that, that was a long way for me because you – we were doing playing the field when the whole news, not when it dropped, but I was not happy when the Patriots picked up Cam Newton. I was like, I want no part of him. All I talked about was that one Super Bowl play where he didn't dive on a fumble against the Broncos. I just wanted no part of him. I thought it was a scumbag. Well, my perception of Cam Newton has drastically changed. Um, like just from last year with the Patriots media and last year with the players and you know, that team wasn't good. The Patriots team last year was not good. From a um, weapons, hashtag weapons with a Z standpoint, there were none. Cam Newton was out there kind of doing it with him and him, Damian Harris, and Jacoby Myers. And, and that's just not that's just not enough. That's just not enough. And not one time last year, and he was asked every week, not one time did he throw anybody, anybody 
under the bus. Coaches, players, whatever. He's like, the answers to the tests are in the locker room. Like, he had full faith in his guys. Um, and I, honest to God, thought Cam Newton was a breath of fresh air. Um, I hope, I hope that he was cut because Bill respects him too much to be a backup. He hopes he can latch on somewhere else. And that I hope Cam Newton has more football left in him because he was part of, like, what we watched growing up, Bruno. We were in high school and college and stuff when Cam Newton was at, like, the peak of his game. And he's been this prolific um, entity. It's just, It's been really fun watching him play. Um, I hope this is not the end for him. But, again, to follow Tom Brady is no – like. Let's just say hypothetically Mac Jones was taken last year, like the year after Tom Brady. You can't give Mac Jones a key and say, hey, good luck, pal. Go follow Tom. At least there's a buffer now. There's been some sort of buffer. Like, hey, we had Brady for 20-something seasons. Cam came in. This is this was his body of work for one. Now let's move on. Um, so I, I – I, I thought it was a joy watch. <laughs> well, I thought it was a joy having Cam Newton on the Patriots. Obviously, it was pretty bumpy last year, but I, I – I, Honestly, God, I wish that man nothing but the best. Yeah, you. I don't even have anything new to say. Just echoing what you said. I was right there with you when we signed him. Didn't know how we would go. Pleasantly surprised. He had a great start. I still think if he never got COVID, it would have gone better. At the end of the day, lack of weapons, not a great fit, not a ton of time to get used to the team, led to it happening what it happened. And then the most important point I think you just made was that Mac Jones can't be Mac Jones today without Cam Newton bridging the gap. And that sucks for Cam Newton. It's great for the Patriots, but it shows that like he kind of took that burden on himself. And again, wish him the best moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. So, Bruno, also another thing with the Patriots this year, we touched on it earlier about the uncharacteristically aggressive offseason. These mofos went out and spent $163 million guaranteed guaranteed money to unrestricted free agents. Um, here's a quick little thing that I saw. Mike Reese had an article today. Uh, not today, a couple days ago. About um, kind of how that can be risky, but how it can provide dividends early. So in tw from 2016 to 2020, Bruno... The team that spent the most guaranteed money in NFL free agency improved by an average of 5.4 wins the next season. So you kind of go out, you blow your load, you spend your all your money, and you it, it, it pays dividends early. So if the Patriots were a, what, 7-win team last year, that would have them at a 12-win team this year, just based on how things have gone over the body of work for the last five seasons. Um, right. So that would be great. But if they're a 12-1 team, hey, I'm not complaining. Um, yep. However, that same report that Mike Reese had said that after they spend all that money and they have a good season, year two is where shit hits the fan because yeah. they they go from, they go on a decline of 5.5 wins in year two. So essentially you go up for one year and you come <laughs> right back down to where you were in year two. So we'll oh, see if man. the Patriots can be an outlier. We'll see if they can be an outlier. With that being said, I absolutely love what they did in free agency. They went out. Bill Belichick's like, hey, hand up. I admit it. I didn't draft anyone really that good from an offensive perspective the last couple of years. They went out and they, they signed. I'm not going to call them great receivers. I'd call them good receivers. But mm -hmm. they're NFL-capable receivers. Nelson Aguilar, I know he has the drop sometimes. But he's fast. He can stretch a defense. Kendrick Bourne, who I think will play somewhat – 
of that like Julian Edelman. It's, he's very technically sound. He's not fast. He's quick. Uh, really good hands. So I don't know. They're two capable pass catchers to play wide receiver. Jacoby Myers looks like he has the slot position all lined up to himself. Um, he has been the most consistent Patriots receiver uh, in camp and going back to last year too. So I'm so excited to see what he's doing. Uh, this year and Bruno they went out and signed the top two guys in the tight end market and John Smith and Hunter Henry this team now has options which they they had Nikhil Harry Demir Bird and Jacoby Myers last year it's like when you honestly sit here and think about that I don't know how did we do how did we do this last year how did we sit here and be like yeah they might win this game I'm shocked they won seven games shocked so I don't know I oh and the, Matt Judon uh, dude in the preseason that that boy is a man, so excuse me, sir. That he's a dog. He's a dog. So I don't know, dude. I'm just I'm fired up. I think they're gonna. I think everyone they brought in is gonna be a huge help to this team. Yeah, and Kurt, I think my biggest thing was depending, like after all the the dust settled and the chips were on the table, and we really saw how much we spent and who we spent it on. Taking a look at it, it's hard to make a case that for the majority of the money that we spent that it wasn't like absolutely basically necessary for us, right? Like, it's not like we're going out there and spending money just to spend money. I feel like we see that from teams who have cap space all the time where they're just like, oh, we have cap space. Let's just spend money and give bad contracts to people or like, you know, not address areas of need, but get the splashy free agent. The, the things that we, the players that we got this season were like basically exactly what we needed and then depth. Like those are like the two areas that we got. So that makes me unbelievably excited. Like you said, we need to reinvent our offense. We absolutely did. I, I don't have to mention the last time we had two great tight ends on our team because everybody knows who I'm talking about, but looking forward to having two great tight ends on our team. Hopefully it doesn't end the way the last ones uh, ended, if you know what I mean, but that's going to be unbelievable. We're completely revamping our offense. Obviously, Mac Jones, we already talked about, but like completely revamping our offense. McDaniels is going to have a field day with all the formations and, and all the stuff that he did. We haven't even really talked about the running backs, about like re-signing who, like, you know, James White's coming back. The the guy we drafted, Stevenson, I can't pronounce his Ramondre. I, I name. But I'm going to have to get better at that, but Kirk nailed it for me. So like the run game is going to take pressure off the offense. So all the offense pieces, I absolutely love, like you said. And again, I was going to touch on Matt Judon. If you didn't, he has looked like an absolute beast. I, I love him already, and it's just preseason. So I am stoked about the people that we added. Dude, something about seeing Matt Judon wearing red sleeves and having a single-digit number blitzing <laughs> off the edge, just he feels like like – a superhero to me. Like I, like, I don't know. He just looks faster because he's wearing a single-digit number. Um, he's a menace. He's a menace. But, dude, yes, they're, like, revamping their offense. But it's funny because they're, like, they're not. They're re- they're they're going back in time to what they they had with that two tight end set. Two tight end set. Um, and I think, ultimately, if you get down to the root of it, this is why Mac Jones was given the starter responsibility. It's like Absolutely. Cam – was just simply not a capable passer last year. So let's just say I think the Patriots are still going to rely heavily, heavily on the run game. I bet they'll be at least a 60-40 team in terms of running the ball. They're not going to let Mac Jones sit back there and get crushed for 17 games. Um, But it's going to come down to, all right, it's third and six. Who do you trust to get the ball to your high-paid tight ends? Who do you trust to get the ball to Jacoby Myers? Is it Cam? Is it really Cam? who steps funny with his left foot, opens his hip too early, and just slings the ball at 4,000 miles per hour. It's like every throw looked like he was launching it out of a cannon. Oh, my God. Um, I just think that's why Max here. And I talked about it earlier. I mean, you, he looked every preseason game after halftime. He came out and he ran a no-huddle offense. Dude, 
Cam Newton couldn't do that. Like, with the Patriots, I'm saying. Like, last year, Cam showed no signs he could not check out of a bad play at the line of scrimmage. He talked about it. He admitted that last season. He, he He's not the kind of guy you're going to put three receivers, a tight end, and a running back out there five wide. You, he can't do it. Um, or not that he can't do it. He's just not as capable um, as someone like even like Mac Jones, even though he's a rookie. So I'm very excited. I think it adds different dimensions to the Patriots offense. It's less predictable. If you want to put nine guys in the box like the Patriots had sometimes last year, fine. Josh McDaniels will, big, will give you the big F you, and he'll put five wide. And he'll, he'll, he'll play this matchup game that he did so well. It won them the Super Bowl against the Rams. And they went in with like a heavy package, and they went five wide with a heavy package. It's just like it's – Josh McDaniels will find ways to beat you. Um, and that's what's so great about having a coach like Josh McDaniels. So he's not going to put Mac in a position where Mac's going to fail. So I don't know. I'm very excited to see Mac Jones and this offense operate. I'm excited to see all the free agents operate. And Bruno, I touched on this earlier, but I want to touch on it again. Just a quick little rub, little rub, little sprinkle. little sprinkle, little sprinkle. This draft class potentially, and I know it sounds freaking crazy because we haven't seen one of them take a regular season snap. But from all the reports, it looks like Bill Belichick kind of hit this draft out of the park. If you get the starting quarterback at 15 and Mac Jones, who can be good, and he didn't have to trade down, that's a win. Christian Barmore drops the second round. Belichick trades up. Goes and gets Barmore. Everyone has said that in camp that he is literally, quote, unblockable during pass rush situations. So having him to be that Adam Butler replacement, who we will be seeing this week in Miami against Miami, um, is just a, it's a huge lift for that defense to get interior pass rush on somebody. Uh, Ronnie Perkins, the defensive end out of Oklahoma. Ramondre Stevenson, who looks like I mean he was the best, the best high, highest rated rookie. Uh, on offense this 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 summer, um, the dude ran for like five touchdowns in three games, just something absurd like that. He looks like Legarrette Blunt 2.0. So, dude, I don't know. Hats off to Billy B and the boys because it looks like a good draft class. <laughs> Billy B and the motherfucking boys, That's, baby. That should be the title of his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, hey. I, who says no? Um, I, do you have any comments on the draft class before we get into the last no. part here? I know, and I know we wanted to make a point to bring it up because people always say that's the one thing about Bill Belichick. You can't question his coach. I mean, I guess you can have a conversation about him and Brady, but, like, his drafts always stink, blah, 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 blah. I completely agree. If Mac Jones is the Patriots QB of the future, that alone, you could meet, that could make this one of the best drafts ever. Literally just that, if he turns out to be yep. anything like we're hoping he turns out to be. And then, like you said, all these other pieces, trading up for Barrymore the steal, and Stevenson is the steal, and, and all these other guys like Perkins and stuff. So, again, Kurt, I'm right there with you. And you know what's crazy? We've definitely had exciting draft picks before. I just don't remember being this excited. I mean, again, maybe it's part, uh, largely because of Mac Jones, so I will say that. But overall, I can't remember being this excited about this many draft picks in a long time. I know. It's exciting, dude. It's an exciting time, and it's going to be so fun to follow along and watch this team this team play. Um, oh, yeah. Bruno, in the next, like, mm, eight-ish minutes, we'll wrap up. But I want to touch on the quickly just the schedule, and then we'll talk a little bit of Dolphins. So I was looking at the schedule, um, and something kind of more or less jumped off the page to me, which I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but... The first nine games on the schedule are much, much easier than the last eight. So 
they start in the first nine weeks of the season. They only play two playoff teams from last year, the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, everyone else didn't make the playoffs. It's Miami, the Jets, Saints, Bucks, Texans, Cowboys, Jets, Chargers, Panthers. Like, if you look at that schedule, they I feel like they have to go, have to go, six and three. If, hey. if they don't go six and three in those nine games, then they have no no shot. I don't think at well, sure. even making sure. the playoffs. So. That uh, they have to come out of the gates swinging. That's my entire thing. You got to come out swinging. Obviously, I think that's a little bit hard. Gilmore's out the first seven weeks, and you have a rookie quarterback starting. So that's no walk in the park. But based on your competition, I like you should beat Miami. You should beat the Jets. You should. I mean, you and I could go out there and beat the Texans. Like you, like mm-hmm. they should win those games. The Panthers. They should win that game. It's just like the second half. Dude, listen to this gauntlet of games, okay? So it starts in week 10. They play the Browns. Then on a short week, they travel to Atlanta on a Thursday night. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Atlanta's going to be good, but Thursday night games always suck. Okay? So Browns, then a Thursday night game. Then it's the Titans, Buffalo, the Colts, and Buffalo again. You're talking about potentially... One, two, of those one, two, three, four, five, six games, five of those teams making the playoffs. Like, it's, that's like murderer's row, and then it ends with a couple cupcakes. But it's like you have to, you have to be, put yourself in an advantage where you can, you can drop some of those games in those, uh, that I just mentioned. So um, they got to come out swinging. So I don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the schedule? No, I mean, you nailed it. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway is that I wish we played the Bucks later in the season because I just feel like in the fourth game of the season to play the Bucks, it's like I just part of me like obviously I'm gonna really want to win. It's just I feel like I want more time for Mac Jones to get comfortable. The offense, like typically, Bill Belichick teams around like December and all that sort of stuff, really are rolling and and in gear. So I wish we played the Bucks later. That'll be an intense game for sure, and uh, you know, all the, it's going to be maybe one of the most watched games ever, right? So there's that. I guess my other takeaway here is that it's kind of exciting that there's so many unknowns. Like for some of these tough games you're mentioning, the Saints, Jameis at quarterback, who knows? The Cowboys, Dak at quarterback, is Dak back? We've already asked that question. The Browns, on paper, like you said, amazing. What is it actually going to look like? The Titans, is Ryan Tannehill going to replicate the success? The Colts have questions at quarterbacks, you know what I mean? So there's, there is a lot of question marks, which, again, if we're trying to get excited, you can kind of just swing those question marks into, like, we got this. So I'm I'm right there with you and, like, yes, back of the season's looking tough. Hopefully by then we're rolling all the cylinders. And, Kurt, we got this. Maybe. What, hey. Who, probably. Who, hey. Maybe. You Who, know I don't know. I like it. Bruno, <laughs> quickly wrap up a couple minutes Dolphins talk. A little Dolphin talk here at the end, all right? Little dolphins. Um, I think – Let's just get into it. I think the Patriots' defense is going to be the difference in this game. I ultimately um, just think the defense is what's going to carry the Patriots, especially early on while the offense kind of finds its groove. Like the two tight ends, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, like weren't on the field at all together this this preseason because of injuries and all these other things. So I think it might take a little bit to get the offense going here a little bit. Um, so I think they're going to kind of rely on that defense in the run game early to try to weather the storm. Um, I I don't have a lot of faith in Tua. I'm not a Tua guy. Uh, uh, the Patriots did get lucky too. Will Fuller, the free agent who signed from the Texans, is out. 
He is suspended for week yeah. one. That's great. I know they still have Waddle, Parker, Albert Wilson, all that stuff. They're, and Gasecki, the tight end. Their offense could be good. Here's why I don't think it'll really matter this week. It's because the offensive line sucks for Miami. And the Patriots have this defense that's built to get after the quarterback. So I think that's exactly what they'll do. They'll get after the quarterback. Um, and I think that's the difference in this game. The While the, the Dolphins might not seem like an incredibly tough opponent, Bruno, they do pose a little bit of an issue from a defensive standpoint. Their defense is sneaky good. Um, they have expatriate, all expatriate. You could literally, it's like a starting lineup of the expatriates. You have Adam Butler in there. You have Elaine Roberts at the linebacker. Their secondary is, they have Rowe, uh, Eric Rowe, and Jason McCourty, who play like safety for them. And their corners are two of the best corners in the league. They have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. So like, oh, shout out. Byron Jones. Shout out Byron Jones. Shout out the last good thing that ever happened to UConn football. Um, so, I mean, it might be tough sledding to throw on the outside. So the, you might see the tight ends used early and often uh, in this week because the, the, they do pose an issue outside with, with Jones and uh, Howard. So, I don't know. I think the defense wins this game for the Patriots. I think it's close. I think the three-point spread is, is correct um, or somewhere around there. But I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think it will be a, a relatively low-scoring one. So you broke it down pretty well. I don't have too much to add. Echoing kind of a little bit what you said. Tua, he's kind of gotten a bad rap. I feel like we're almost approaching people just saying Tua stinks. I don't think he necessarily is like the worst QB ever, but a lot of hype last year, a lot of questions. Is he fully healthy? Is he not? I just think the Patriots have more weapons and Mac, you know, maybe is a better passer that you could maybe have that argument too. So it's like, I just think the weapons are going to overwhelm them. Completely overagree. Their defense is sneaky. I just think you, you do short, easy catches to a lot of the playmakers in the offense. That gets Mac Jones feeling confident, opens up the playbook. You have the run game, which I think is going to absolutely feast. And like you said, I think our defense is going to make, I don't think it's going to be that hard for our demons to make plays. The one area that we kind of differ in, I'm not expecting us maybe to win by 40, but I, I'm, I'm predicting a double digit victory. I think it's going right. to be relatively easy. I'm not saying we're going to be a well-oiled machine with no mistakes. I just kind of am not as high on the Dolphins competing. So I'm rocking with the Patriots covering that three and then some. All right. I like it. Uh, but you did say that about which, which game did you say last year? We're going to win by like 40 and then we lost the 49ers. I think it was, that was a that, dirty move. That was that dirty. Was dirty. I just did move. you dirty. It's we're not even we haven't started yet. Bruno, it is what it is. Uh, that's episode <laughs> one. Um, yeah. This was fun. We were chatty, chatty, chatty. Episodes oh, this yeah. this season we're gonna try to make a little shorter, even though you don't you can't tell yet. But it, I promise, a little shorter. <laughs> no, no promises. <laughs> uh, we we do like to talk, but Bruno, <laughs> as you eloquently do, take us out of here. All right. Well, before I do anything. Uh, quick little bonus pick six. It's not a pick six tomorrow. Are we rocking with the buck? I mean, it's bucks, right? Uh, by 30. I, I mean, by 30. Maybe 30. Three zero. Okay. So again, if we both get it right, only count it for me. If we get it wrong, it doesn't count at all. So stats guy, mark that down. Anyways, as Kurt said, we'll try to keep it shorter. No promises. It's been an absolute pleasure getting back on the podcast game, getting back with the squad, back with the millions of listeners out there. Enjoy NFL week one. Get excited when you are listening to this tomorrow. It will be game day. That's so sweet to say. And... Stay tuned for Pick 6 this upcoming weekend. And on top of that, we will see you next time on Playing the Feed. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>